1: Well, hello Seattle, hello Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, soon-to-be-master sommelier, and uh, the, uh, the captain of cider. Uh, this is really fun for me. Um, I'm a big fan of cider because as I got older, the gluten intolerance and then my my um, sort of a, aversion to having too much hops in my beers uh, had me look elsewhere for refreshment, flavor, and um what they call a uh, meditazione, a little a beverage that'll make you think, and I found that cider really hits the spot because there are several kinds of cider in the world. Um, we've got cider from Spain, we have got cider from England, we've got modern cider, we've got semi-sweet cider or semi-dry cider, uh, we've got sparkling cider, we've got semi-still cider. Um, but and most of it is very very interesting. Of course, uh, I love to to perhaps drink too fast a pint of. Something slightly sweet and pretty apple flavor. But I also dig, much like wine, getting into a bottle of English cider and some of the, or Spanish cider, some from the Basque region, where you've got different flavors from different yeasts and a variety of older apples or or heirloom apples varieties and um, even pears. Pears is is really fun. And I'm really excited today because uh, there's a, um, a Great cider industry here in the Pacific Northwest, of course, B.C., Idaho, Montana, Washington, and Oregon. Uh, and actually hosting the uh, Seattle International Cider Awards. Uh, cider is huge. Cider was really the first beverage of America. I know that the, uh, the the folks signing our Declaration of Independence and having that little party were drinking Madeira and Port. Um, that's because they were on the East Coast and a lot closer. But Johnny Appleseed was known for um, helping farmers grow uh, cider apples. And to talk more about that and to share some of the great bounty that is in here in Washington State this lovely August, it is the harvest time, it's Chelsea Anderson. Chelsea is with Finn River Cidery and Finn River Farms. Uh, She's the Washington, Idaho outreach person to make sure that you are comfortable with uh, the world of cider. So Chelsea Anderson, welcome to Happy Hour. Hi,
2: thank you for having me.
1: My pleasure. My pleasure. Great to have you here. let's talk about Finn River. Finn River is located where
2: We are in Chimicum out on the Olympic Peninsula um so just we're just south of Port Townsend, not Chimicum. too far from the city.
1: Chim- is it a is it a bustling metropolis of Chimicum?
2: you know not so much <laughs> <laughs> I generally it's it's it can be easy to miss if you're driving through, but oh, definitely worth a stop
1: I've been, I got lost there. I took the right instead of the left and oh. ended up driving. Tacoma one time. (laughs) Um, Chimicom reminds me, you know, I'm an old school cat, so I remember Speed Racer, and he had a a little monkey called Chim Chim. Yep. And uh, I remember uh, Dick Van Dyke singing Chim Chim Marie, Chim Chim Chiru.
2: Very true.
1: Is Chimicom a... a Native American word?
2: It's, it is. It's um, the uh, Chimicum people used to reside in that valley, which is now known as the Chimicum Valley.
1: The Chimicum Valley. Mm-hmm. So uh, Finn River Farms, who owns it? Who started it? Um,
2: we are, um, our three founders are uh, Christy and Keith Kissler, and then um, their good friend Eric Jorgensen. Um, so husband and wife, and then a good friend of and theirs.
1: Jorgensen. Yes. I like that. Perfect. <laughs> it sounds really uh, northwesty here. Yeah. Uh, how old is the farm?
2: Uh, we have been making cider since 2008.
1: And was it founded as a cider farm? or was
2: it-, it was not. That's yeah. a great story. So originally, uh, Christy and Keith bought uh, this Blueberry farm, um, which our original plot of land, uh, also in Chimicum, uh was originally a blueberry farm. Like pick-your-own blueberry. Yep. Well, they grew. It's um, it's about thirty acres. Oh wow. Um, so it's a it's a lot of blueberries, pick-your-own, but also selling to um, you know, local restaurants sure. and whatnot. Um, and then one of their neighbors, who actually sold them the blueberry farm, uh, one night came over to hang out after a long day um, and brought over a bottle of cider that he had made. And he's like, yeah, you know, I've been tinkering around with cider. I think it's really tasty. And it was this really beautiful, sparkling, dry. It had been bottle conditioned. Mm. And he's like, I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, And then they sort of started talking about, well, how can we, you know, what, what what if we... What if we did this? What if we planted like it's it's a really the Chimicum Valley is very friendly to traditional cider apple trees. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they decided after some conversation, let's let's build an orchard. Let's see what we can do.
1: Where's the Chimicum Valley again?
2: It's in in Chimicum. So we're just south of Port Townsend. So
1: okay, so Oh, does that mean you're in the rain shadow or not? We the, are.
2: You are. Yes.
1: I saw some some news the other day, and they they showed all the rain happening in Port towns in three to four inches, and yep. yet Squim area was
2: a little drier. Yeah, yeah. A Although lot drier. Um, the our trees, generally the, the 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 apple trees that we're growing do pretty well in wet conditions as well. Sure. Um, well, so. anything
1: grows in the Northwest yeah. is pretty it, much good. It darn well better, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, mushrooms especially. So, uh, what are they growing on the farm?
2: Um, so, we grow about 60 different varieties of apple and pear trees. Really? Yeah. It's a lot. Um,
1: did, did they work with a scientist or an uh, agronomist or um, a s- botanist to figure out where particular... Subclimates or microclimates might be the best for particular varieties
2: we um so it's been slow growth over those oh. ten years um We have currently about sixty five hundred trees total wow. um, we started with in so that initial plot of land that thirty three acres um was just about an acre acre or two acres of apple trees okay. uh, and then five years ago we got the opportunity to take on another plot of land sort of adjacent to where we were um, which added an extra 50 acres so then we were really able to grow our orchard wow uh, so we have an orchardist who knows loves and takes care of these trees for us cameron who um was grad uh, you know, I'm not sure where okay. you went to school. Curious. I should know that. <laughs> um but uh so and the original planting in that newer orchard was a thousand trees from the Skagit Valley. Uh, right. A gentleman named Drew Zimmerman who had a cidery and wanted to retire, but had already sort of formed a relationship with our founders. He was like, I want I want these trees to go to you guys. And so they so, take
1: cuttings? Is that sort of... Uh...
2: uh in Sometimes, although in this particular instance, in one day, we had a massive dig out those trees and transfer them from the Skagit Valley to the peninsula. It was a really big, very stressful day, wow. um, although we had um, an almost 100% success rate. Those trees... Are now producing really beautiful fruit that we're making into cider every year.
1: You know, um, I had a best friend who uh, grew up in Chelan, so I'm very familiar with apples, and I love apples. And being a smallier, we talk about I, being Northwest smallier. I can talk about Galas and Pink Ladies yeah. and Honeycrisp and Jonagolds and all these great apples. Um, but when you think about the apples going through to Eastern Washington, you see that they have basically they're like they look like the letter Y. Mm-hmm. So, because they're really figuring out how to maximize fruit zones. Is that the same for cider apples, or are those more the old? Tree with the big round top.
2: It, you know, it depends. Um, we when we f- originally started building out that newer plot of land, um, we were using more of the structure you're talking about. Right. we're trellising the trellising, trees, yeah. um, spreading them out. You know, they're on dwarf stock, so they're not they're not much taller than six six and a half yeah. feet tall. Um, and now we're sort of realizing that that way of growing trees is really for dessert fruit it's for you know maximizing sugar exactly and making sure that they're going to ripen perfectly they they look look beautiful well we don't care what the apples look like (laughs) you know we're gonna mash them up we want their juice
1: all apples matter
2: yes it's true Uh, so we are sort of uh, going away from that model, um, and our, our orchardist is, is working on letting the trees get a little leggier, um, because really we're looking for the biggest amount of yield and not necessarily... You sure, know, the most beautiful.
1: Right, fruit. and then when you're talking about cider apples, it goes bittersweets, bitter sharps, right? Yeah. So bittersweets will have a little more sugar. Bitter sharps have more acid and tannin. Yeah. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And so those are really the complexities of make of cider, right? You yeah. talk about the depth and complexity, finish. It has to be just like um, a wine in terms of acid and tannin, and yeah. of course alcohol, and then uh, fruit flavors. Um, you brought some cider today. I sure did. How many ciders does Finn River produce
2: at any given time? Um between 25 and 35 but there's there's a lot of
1: a lot of fermentation going on
2: lots of fermentation our cider making crew is always thinking about something new and exciting so we have our sort of flagship um ciders that we make year-round and then we've always got cool one-offs like hey what if we did something like this and i brought i brought some of those pumpkin cider uh nope we've never (laughs) done a pumpkin um you know i think that that um
1: the pumpkin the, beers it's yeah you know it's, it's a pretty
2: saturated market That's in the true, pumpkin, pumpkin world
1: that is <laughs> yeah exactly um i'm curious knowing that, that that uh having been witnessing uh high apple production and storage they use nitrogen so basically i know that apples will have a settling gas which helps them ripen like bananas and things like that true do you have special holding spaces for fruit or no. you have so you have to be We
2: press. Fermenting. Yeah, so we're pressing in for... So we sort of, um, our cider maker likes to talk about the way we are making cider is we're sort of pulling from two economies, the push and pull economy. So the push being from the wine world, you know, all the apples are growing at the same time when we, you know, we start harvesting mid to, you know, around this time of year. Um, And then usually even our latest trees will be harvesting through November. Okay. Um, And then we, we pick and then we're pressing, and then the juice starts fermenting. So that is for some of the ciders we make, where we're using... Mostly our fruit, but we do also source um, organic apples from, say, Eastern Washington, where we're purchasing um, dessert fruit. Sure. So that's more the pull economy where we can that those apples are also pressed at the time of freshness at harvest and then frozen.
1: Oh, interesting. So we can then
2: pull that juice, so it's never been treated with nitrogen or you know force ripened. Um, so we're still capturing the fruit at its most sort of peak freshness.
1: Interesting. Uh, When I think about. apples i know that i love buying apples gala happens to be my one of my favorites because it's a it's wonderful really apple. It's delicious you should all try one <laughs> but um i know some of those uh heirloom apples they tend to last they have more acidity they have more tannin which are natural preservatives yeah does the fruit can the fruit hang for a month or, or oh yeah after harvest right you can
2: it can hang for okay a little while well. yeah it's, co- it's not cool. like this has been off the tree for six minutes you know right. <laughs> um, yeah. oxidizing yeah. yeah there's some time um, cider fruit definitely tends to be a little hardier. um and so yeah we've you know we're it's still a very busy couple months when we're pressing but yeah there's there's a little bit of a you know wiggle so
1: 60 room. varieties are there any single variety ciders that you produce
2: we do um current I, Occasionally. Or Perry's. Sometimes Yeah, our perry is 100% perry pears grown on our orchard. I didn't bring that one today. All right. But um, we also have the first one that I'm going to pour for you is our golden russet, which is about 80% golden russet apples. The other 20% are <laughs> other russeted apples.
1: Russeted meaning it's got dimples?
2: Um, so, so, yeah, essentially, it's a sort of scabbing that happens on the skin of the apple. You don't want to see that on, you know, your apple at the grocery store because right. people go, oh, something's wrong with this. But it's a really Beautiful and desirable trait in cider fruit. It adds an extra sort of level of complexity and acidity to the finished product.
1: Interesting. I was worried you were going to say potato, which I thought was. You're be not alone. Interesting. I know. <laughs> Russ, it, it makes sense. And uh, when you think about apples, of course, the apples at the grocery store for the two ninety nine a pound, those are like A plus grade. Yeah. Then there's A grade, and there's a B plus grade, and a B grade, and a C grade. So when you're buying apples in Chinatown, I bet you those are C grade because they just want the best price and they don't really care because you know. They're going to peel it anyway. They don't need the skin. (laughs) I know that from experience. Speaking with Chelsea Anderson, who is the... uh the outreach manager for Washington, Idaho. Um, so Oregon needs its own little help, right? And
2: and has it. Has it. It's that's just not my territory. Okay,
1: got it. So um, we're gonna take a break here in a moment, but uh and we're gonna taste some of these ciders. Let's talk about the ciders you brought so we can tease.
2: Oh yeah. So you got. I've got our golden russet, part of our orchard series, our farmstead, which is a really cool community based uh cider that we make every fall. So
1: Orchard Series means it's like a state grown Exactly. All right.
2: Uh, and then our lavender black currant, which is our um, sort of Summer seasonal, it'll mm. be with us till like mid September. And then our sun and seed.
1: So uh, are all these s- apple based then? Because yep. so it's just flavored with lavender and black currant. Exactly. All right, but so we're all just... using
2: that foundation of apples. All
1: right, and the last one again was
2: Our Sun and Seed, which is a collaboration with the Organic Seed Alliance
1: uh the sun and seed mm-hmm. not seed
2: seed no seed oh. it's infused Organic with carrot uh huh uh it's infused with carrot seed and sunflower seeds <laughs>
1: really yeah toasted yep uh bacon flavored sunflower seeds
2: <laughs> no not not yet <laughs>
1: but bacon and apples go really well together it's true and you have um a fortified oh
2: and our pomo, yes from the still
1: classic from the region, the Normandy regions of France. Yes, indeed. So fun. Well, um, I'm already getting thirsty and excited <laughs> to taste. So we're gonna take a little break, but I've got Chelsea Anderson. What's your website? People looking.
2: It's uh, finriver.com.
1: Finriver.com. All one word. And you can find your ciders pretty much all around town, yeah, right?
2: Yeah, you can find us at you know smaller bottle shops, but also you know Met Market, PCC, Whole Foods, down right. to Chuck's that's, bottle shop.
1: That's where I shop. Sounds good. Hey, folks, stick around. We're gonna dive into some delicious apples uh, cider, courtesy of Fin River. Dot com. Here we go. We're we'll right back on Happy
0: Hour Radio. Two regular guys separated by 20 years and a full head of hair. Mark Lee and Van Camp, weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570, KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Somalia, Christopher Chan.
1: All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for round two, and I happen to have two glasses right before me and a lovely lady, Chelsea Anderson, uh, right across from me, who's the representative of Finn River Farms over on uh, Chimicum. Uh, just south of Port Townsend, uh, we're talking Washington fruit, and this is really exciting because I do love cider. And this being August, this, sometimes you need a break from the rose, and oh, just need to mix it up. Screw it, you need to drink everything all day like me. We have the russeted version of cider. Yes. This one is tell me again.
2: So this is our golden russet. Golden russet. Um so it's about eighty percent golden russet apples and then the other twenty percent another blend of other russeted fruit. So it's gonna have a really you mean lovely
1: russeted apples.
2: Yes. Oh okay. sorry, I just said fruit. Yeah. Yes. Apples.
1: Alright. Only it's
2: a hundred percent apple. Got it. So this is um our part of our orchard series which is featuring our estate grown fruit. So just like you said earlier, an estate grown wine. This is all fruit grown on our
1: Farm. Now is rusted uh, cider a category?
2: It's not. Um, it's not. Generally, it's it falls into the for the, under the United States cider guidelines. It falls under the heritage.
1: Heritage, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. And when we think about tasting cider, obviously it's it's some similar to wine in that we want to admire the color, uh, take in the aromas, the bouquet. Um, how do we know when a cider is actually okay to drink? Sometimes. Heritage ciders can smell funky. Basque ciders and real funky, a little bready and just different. Is there a a guideline or a suggestion or a tip?
2: You know, cider is a really wide category. You know, you can get your really like super easy drinking, crushable, sweet ciders. But then, like you said, a Spanish cider sometimes tastes like gym socks, but in a in a desirable way, right? Like, um, sometimes, yeah. There you go. But so you want it to have a really beautiful nose. You know, There, this one in particular has a lot of floral notes to it. I get some sort of grapefruit in the nose. Um, it's definitely it's not. It's
1: herbaceous, too. It, it does... has It has a variety. Of, there's floral notes, but there's also some green notes. Mm-hmm. And it's, I want to use that as an herb side, whether it's, um, I want to say tarragon. Yeah. There's a little bit of licorice note in here. Uh, now I've took a sip. it's dry, it's very dry, but it tastes appley, yeah, which is really good because that's our brain is says this tastes kind of sweet, which yeah. is good because it's not
2: exactly it's um you know, cider kind of we sort of ride the line between the beer and wine worlds, like um, and this is a really lovely expression of that cider can be. It, it can drink like a wine. You can pour it like a wine. You know, they're not all um, super juicy fruit. They're not know. all
1: pints. Yeah, exactly. They're not pine glass um, ciders, and
2: this is a this is a really lovely expression of it how is. how sophisticated the apple can be.
1: Um, and what's the alcohol here? Ten. Uh,
2: this is uh, nine 9%,
1: nine percent. Yeah, yeah, because I got a little bit of the alcohol, which um, mm-hmm. you know, as a, an imbiber. I really I enjoy that part. Mm-hmm. Well, and it balances experience. out
2: some of that. You know, you still get that very crisp apple, but then, um, yeah, that's it, yum. It so the way. is
1: the size of the bottle imperative for, t- for different um, styles of wine? Wa-
2: yeah, so that it's one's in wine, a, I'm so with you. It. Uh, so that one's in a 750 milliliter bottle. Again, sort of uh, mirroring how we see it being served as okay. well. you know, treated right. more like a wine.
1: Got it. That's why I thought about that. Yeah. Uh, very good. That is delicious. Um, that is what, $17?
2: Uh, yeah, that one's about, It's you generally see it in retail between 17 and 20 How about that? Look yeah. at me.
1: All right, next one. Um, this has a little different color. It has a bit of protein haze in it. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's unfiltered of yes, some sort. Yes, it,
2: it's, it's partially unfiltered. Partially filtered,
1: right. Okay, and what, what is this one? This is, this is our
2: farmstead cider. So this one is a really cool cider we make because every year at Harvest, we put out a call to our neighbors up and down the peninsula, and we say, bring us your ugly, bruised, bitter, bizarre apple. Apples. You know, that weird crab apple tree in your backyard that you have you took a bite. And and the you're Statue like, this of Liberty like of apples, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, so every year it's a little bit different. Uh, this year, this particular one we're having uh, has about 150 different varieties of apples in this one cider. Uh, lots of crab apple varieties. Um, and then we are doing three different using three different yeasts to ferment, then blending and resting for about six months.
1: Wow. Um, I'm smelling this. It smells very complex. There are there is floral, there's fruit, there's dried other, there's there's some sort of dusty barn in here yep. a little oh, bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's
2: it's definitely more rustic. Uh, I like to say this one is our it's sort of an English style cider, but it's like apple beginning middle and end, but different types of apple, you know.
1: So the acid here's a little higher than the other More crab the, apples. More in crab this variety, apples.
2: which is where a lot of that acid is And that's from. a
1: bitter sharp. Yes, it is. Great. Um, delicious, and this is this is in a different bottle too, right? Is this yep. uh, so, <laughs> a different shape and size? Uh,
2: so this is five hundred milliliters. Right. Um, we do all of our traditional um, ciders in this hot back bottle. Okay, um, sort you, of. You said call it a what? It, a hot back.
1: Hop back. Mm-hmm. All right. It's
2: just what the style of bottle is called. Okay. But yeah. All
1: right. Uh, that's delicious. I love the complexity. I love that it's dry and it finishes with just a bit of tannin. Yeah. So it, it gives you a little more drying experience, and you may want to take another sip. Alcohol here seems like it's eight. 6.5. 6.5. Yeah. All right. I'm just having a good day. <laughs> that golden
2: russet got you going.
1: It did. Uh, again, so you're going to pour two more. Let's talk. Tell me what these Absolutely.
2: are. Absolutely. So next up.
1: Next up is, um, oh, hold on, they can't hear no, you very yeah, well. Just i just go and pour. Uh-huh.
2: Uh, this is our sun and seed. So this is a special cider we made uh, in collaboration with the Organic Seed Alliance that uh, does some of their work on our um, on our acreage on okay. the farm. Okay,
1: and then we're going to pour the next one. We'll talk about that as well. Oh, color! Oh, that's the uh, lavender black currant uh, cider with. Oh, I forget what you said. So uh, let's talk about the sun. Sun and, and seed. seed.
2: So this one is uh, the same. Or it's a dessert apple foundation using primarily Granny Smith and Pink Ladies as the as the base. And then, what would you
1: like for desserts, kids?
2: <laughs> oh, I want a Granny Smith apple. Those are so sweet and tasty. And then we are um, infusing that with carrot seed, toasted carrot seeds, and toasted sunflower seeds. So it has a little bit of a nuttiness in are the these finish. Are these baby
1: carrot seeds? Because it's so soft.
2: <laughs> they are. They are young seeds. Yes. Um, the the sunflower seed gives the cider some really lovely like golden color. After we toasted them, that a lot of that color bled into the cider.
1: And I get some of that on the finish. There's that toasty. Mm-hmm. And uh, sunflower is very specific for me um, because it's a flavor I really like. Uh-huh. You know, it's It's a compliment when I taste it. Unless it's not supposed to be there, then it's a little <laughs> weird. Um, acidity here is is really... You said dessert, so I guess this is malic acid from Fuji... Uh, sorry, uh, Granny Smith apples. Mm-hmm, yeah. And... So there's no the insider is there a malolactic fermentation do some ciders go take Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah? Um this one uh does, uh but it's you know this one this cider in particular uh we're using a champagne yeast to ferment. Uh, okay. So that's the the workhorse. Um if we want to bring out malolactic fermentation we'll use slower acting yeast sure. that allow that to happen a little bit more. But this one is a champagne yeast.
1: Is there um, residual sugar here? Um, a little. Just a, just a touch, because yeah. I, I I got that my tongue waters when I get residual sugar mm-hmm. versus being dry from the yeah, acid. Yeah. So um, that's just that's just what a master sommelier would say.
2: <laughs> well, and it <laughs> carries over definitely a little bit more, so you get that kind of soft nuttiness in the finish.
1: So why carrot seeds?
2: Um, so part of it is what we're always trying to focus on is what's growing local, what's growing around us, and Kay. what's growing right now. Um, so in partnership with the Organic Seed Alliance when we decided to make this cider, it was carrot seeds and sunflower seeds. And knowing that um, they have a really lovely kind of unique flavor. All right, So
1: cool. Yeah. Uh, and so this is available at uh, the PCC? This... No,
2: the Sun The sun and Seed is limited. So you're right. only gonna find that at the farm or at any of our farmer's markets. We Fun. sell cider at markets all over town.
1: Cool. Um, I just smelled this lovely, relaxing, ethereal, uh, Light ruby garnet cider.
2: This is our lavender black currant. It's our summer seasonal. It's our most popular seasonal by far and away.
1: Hmm. Oh boy. That we, reminds me of red wine.
2: Yeah. It is. Our farm is uh, surrounded pretty much on all sides by lavender farms, and so this was again a natural. You know, natural collaboration of what's growing near us and what's growing right now. Uh, We make our regular black currant cider that we make year-round, and um, we were like, what happens if we put some lavender in there? And this is the result. It's really beautiful, lightly floral.
1: And black currants are there, are local as well?
2: Uh, The black currants we get from eastern Washington. Okay,
1: right. So it's probably easier, you know, they're used to it. Less birds. Exactly. Um, Great acidity, a little bit of tannin. It has layers of flavor and aroma, which I think takes me to some of those Great purple flower characteristics that you get from lavender. Um, it's really delicious. Uh, we got a little more time. Let's pour that pomo. And I, I really dig this uh, particular uh, cider, the um, black currant lavender oh. cider. I think you can make cocktails. This has got a variety of usage. Um, again, this is probably 6-5 too then? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, great acidity. And uh, are all these, except for the sun and seed, or is is this part of the, you called it the orchard series?
2: Uh, no, the sun, and seed is, the, um, the sun and seed is part of our pollinator series, but the <laughs> lavender, we do a lot, uh, but the lavender blackcurrant is our seasonal. And yeah, you can find that in stores around town.
1: Okay. So the pomo, pomo is a traditional, uh, basically apple juice and uh, calvados.
2: Uh, yep. Uh, although, you know, since it's not from France, we just call it an apple brandy. That's right. Uh, we work with Skiprock Distillers out of Snohomish yeah, and Admiralty there. Distilling in Port Townsend. Cool. Yeah. So we uh, are then blending the fresh juice, the brandy. Uh, we blend and then age for about two years.
1: And do they use this for a cocktail over there for those guys? We
2: do. We've um, we've done we've done an old-fashioned with the pomo. Uh, I really love a dash of it in, say, a hot toddy. Cool. Uh, it's, sure, it's, a little
1: dash more, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, the website?
2: Uh, finriver.com.
1: Finriver.com and uh, Chelsea Anderson. This is a real treat. I know we, we took a long time to get here, <laughs> but well worth the wait. Thank you so uh, thank much. Thank you so much for joining me in Happy Hour Radio. Yeah, of
2: course. Thank you.
1: Hey, folks, uh, get some fin River. Or check out their website, and then we'll be right back with more on Happy Hour Radio.
0: it in and turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby, the Kirby Wilbur Show, live and local, weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m., KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, it's Seafair Weekend. Hope
1: you have a great Saturday night. Uh, I'm uh, in the mood for some chocolate as uh, it's healthy, it's uh, heart healthy. Uh, it's endorphin healthy, and it's just darned right delicious. And we're so lucky here to be in the Pacific Northwest. Um, not only do we have great beers and wines and coffees and ciders, uh, we also have great chocolate and bakeries and, uh, well, Almond Roca, if you want to go that that's that route. Um, today I've got, uh, well, tonight still, I've got Aaron Lindstrom, who is the chocolate ambassador for Theo Chocolate, which is located down in Fremont, uh, the, old, the site of the old uh, historic Uh, Red Hook Brewery, and uh, I had a chance to take their new factory tour, kind of the Willy Wonka Oompa Loompa thing, (laughs) uh, and it was really, really fun. So I invited him on the show, want to chat some chocolate and talk about the tour. So Aaron Lindstrom, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you so much. Hey, uh, so chocolate ambassador—that probably you know mm-hmm. gets all the, the gets all the girls or the guys. <laughs> I don't know whatever you're doing these days. How's that working out for you?
3: Oh, that's a, that's a conversation for a different podcast. Okay,
1: <laughs> all right, that's right because we we are the power of KVI and radio. We have 150 miles of broadcast here. Uh, how long? How old is Theo's chocolate?
3: Uh, i have been going on 13 plus years now. 13 yeah. plus. They so a moved teenager. Into that, that historic building uh, in 2005 started production. Then 2006 pushed out our. Our first bar pushed out I' mean, <laughs> weird phrasing, but we'll, was it we'll like, like labor <laughs> labor intensive it's yeah. <laughs> Uh, How many people work at Theo's? Uh, A little over 90.
1: 90 people. And how many chocolate bars or how many pounds of chocolate are produced out of Theo's on a semi regular basis? I mean,
3: the big number we do is we can do 60,000 bars a day if we're going full steam. Okay. Usually about two shifts, production about 20 hours.
1: So full steam starts when? October
3: for the holidays? Actually, so for Valentine's. Holidays, we start in the summer. Like, if you think people think it's kind of annoying to find all the holiday bars in the stores in like October, that means we're making them at the end of the summer so we can ship them out and then. Get them out to you in October. Sure. Um, So, right now, we're getting all the, if you were to go in even the marketing office, it's just holidays everywhere. Like the uh, photo team, they're getting all the cute little holiday packaging ready. Um, So, it's kind of like Christmas in July. Christmas in July now.
1: Well, I like the Christmas in July. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, that it's not because the ice or the chocolate would melt. The ice (laughs) ice would melt. So, you probably don't send a lot of chocolate
3: down under during December. (laughs) No, not so much. And everything's. Everything ice-packed if we sell it out, or send it out, ship it out. what Which uh,
1: number chocolate company was? I know there's Bomes and there's uh, Brown and Haley, which is Almond Roca, but Boehm's was over in Issaquah. Mm. Oh, I mean, Theo's Chocolate is, and there was uh,
3: Seattle's Chocolates, and of course Seattle there Chocolates. was Frango's and Franz. Yeah, and there, there's some pretty solid chocolate companies in Seattle. What makes us stand out um, is that we are one of the only bean-to-bar chocolate companies, which means we make all of our chocolate on-site from scratch. Uh, as opposed to a lot of companies which can make incredible chocolate and chocolate that I love personally, but... Which would be a they'd be considered chocolate melters, so they would buy uh, what's melters. called cocoa liquor, pure liquid chocolate in bulk, and then from there that's uh, kind of their stage one. they let it are uh, they melt it they'll add sugar add whatever else turn it into a chocolate bar, which is totally fine, but we do it from scratch, so we're actually getting beans directly from both Congo and from Peru, and then we roast the beans we Mill them down to that cocoa liquor, and then add sugar. You know, raspberries, whatever else you want. Bread crumbs, uh, bread crumbs. Yeah, I brought you. we were just eating you some did. of the uh, bread and some, chocolate bar. Some
1: uh, sourdough bread crumbs with butter. Like, holy smokes! Yeah, uh, that's that's a fun. I mean, does someone have that somewhere? It reminds me of probably the like croissant, right? Pano chocolate. Yeah,
3: you can do croissant. I mean, like even if you're doing um, uh, what's it called? Like liquid cheese and add some bread fondue. Liquid fondue. Thank you so much. <laughs> if you're doing fondue, <laughs> add some chocolate in there. Add cheese in there. It's not. As foreign of a concept as I think people think it is when they see that bar on the shelf, and then right. they eat it, and it's just it's it's one of our older bars, um, I guess it
1: makes sense, right? It could be bacon does everything well, but chocolate's pretty good on everything too. yeah I got I mean there's
3: a little salt on the butter, a fantastic texture, like a lot of times my motto is let chocolate melt if you're doing just a dark chocolate, let it melt." The bread and chocolate bar, that is one that's all about to actually just chew it, get the good crunch. It's, yeah, I'm surprised how crunchy
1: those bread crumbs were. Yeah, You'd think that they'd soften up somehow. Um, but this is really fun, because we're talking about a product, and you get to see actually all the steps that go into uh, the, the
3: making of Theo's great chocolates, and, and how many different bars do you produce? Oh, it kind of changes all year round. We have our few, our, our classic line, which people can find everywhere. Uh, then we're always coming out with um, seasonal products. So we right now have our spring, summer chocolate bars out. We'll have more chocolate that comes out just for the holidays. So it can range from 30, 30 up. And when you think of all
1: the different products, though, because I know you just brought some of these truffles or mm, yep. what, what are you calling them? Um, confections. Confections. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. And this is, this is the classic stuff, the seized candy is what I'm used to seeing. Uh, these are fun. So these are all produced in-house as well.
3: Yeah, we have a team of eight chocolatiers. um, And and so these are are hand-stamped and hand-dribbled, and Hand-dribbled, yeah. Uh, Hand-everything. The eight chocolatiers in our confection kitchen, I say, are the hardest working people in our entire company. They're making, like, the bread and chocolate. They're the ones that actually get the bread from Essential Bakery and prep it for the bar. They're the ones making all this ganache. Another thing in there um, is the Big Daddy, which is our... Basically, if you want to take a s'more home from Theo, the Big is what you got. It's a handmade graham cracker, handmade caramel, handmade marshmallow covered in dark chocolate with milk chocolate drizzled on top, all done by our incredible confection team. You heat it up in the microwave for like five seconds give it a little That's your uh, I mean this, Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I just picked this mm. one, and this tastes like a peanut butter and
3: jelly sandwich. Yep. Peanut butter and jelly confection. So a bottom layer of peanut butter, a top layer of a raspberry pat de fouille covered in chocolate. mm Man, yeah. I'm digging it. <laughs> How about booze? Are you putting that's, any booze in any challenge? Uh Actually, the one over to your left, this is great radio, just me pointing and talking. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The little checkered there in the corner, oh. that is a scotch ganache. So that's a 14 year old single malt Oban scotch
0: that's really? been folded
1: into the
3: cream. Okay, this one here? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of looks like the uh, Scottish
1: flag in, in some kind of sense. Mm. Uh, but the tour, the tour is fantastic. You get yeah. all sorts of things. You get to, first of all, understand. Where it grows, and the room you have is actually it feels like you're going into the rainforest to some degree, of course. Awesome.
3: That was the goal, yeah. Especially
1: it was... if it's raining in Seattle, you walk in that room, you get it. <laughs> um, but talk about it. It's, it's the tropical, what is it? the demarcation? Is the uh,
3: cancer of tropics? 20 your... degrees north and south of the equator is where you can grow cacao. So chocolate comes from Theobroma cacao. It's the name of the tree. Also, a lot of people don't know. Take that full word, Theobroma cacao, chop most of it off. Theo chocolate, that's where you get a name from. Um, but yeah, when you first walk in, I mean, we want to take you through the entire experience. Most people don't even know chocolate comes from a plant. So when you walk in, uh, the Indoor Sun Shop, an amazing uh, store right across from us in Fremont, helped us get this entire wall filled with gorgeous plants. One of them's actually a real cacao tree. So you get to walk in, automatically you're transported to being on a cocoa farm. Um, we've had a bunch of amazing local uh, contractors help build fermentation beds. Spoiler, chocolate is fermented. Um, so you get to see fermentation beds. That's why you're on
1: the show, man. (laughs) Come on, we'll talk about fermented stuff here. It makes Um,
3: sense. Drying beds. Yeah, you're fully transported, so you get to actually see everything's tangible. We have um, molds of cocoa pods with the fruit inside. Yeah, Um, that's cool.
1: And it's like a... It looks a little alien. It's kind of like, like oh, it's a... a funky looking a fruit. A squashy, <laughs> uh, zucchini kind of thing.
3: Yeah. But it looks more like an alien pod. Yeah, it definitely looks... And the crazy thing is they grow off the side of the trunk of the tree. So yeah. if you see a healthy tree, there's like 20 of these alien pods just come right out of the trunk. They're purple, red, yellow, all different colors. It's a... You, you would have no idea looking at that, that could become a chocolate bar. Have, well, yeah, if usually
1: the things that grow off the side of the trunk are
3: supposed to be, you know,
1: snipped off to some degree. Yeah. Um, I'm digging this chocolate. I just tasted the 14-year-old, uh, t- you said Isla Scotch? It's Oban. Oban. Yeah, which is, uh, where is Oban?
3: Sky? No, that's Talisker. Oban is just a highland, highland malt. That being said, we do, so we have that one, and if you come by the retail store, we also have a four box, which has four different types of Scotch and oh. four different confections, and one of them is a Talisker Okay. Uh, Oban Talisker Cragmore and Lagavulin.
1: All right, those are the uh the big 6 from mm-hmm. Diageo yeah, which we don't I, around. I know that. Uh, Lagavulin must be really smoky and tasty. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just looking at some of these bars, but again, the tour is it every
3: day, is it free? Uh it's 7 days a week. Um be 12 bucks a person. You can sign up online theochocolate.com and yeah, I mean we it's the fact that we actually allow people to go into an observation where they can see yeah. most of the machinery is just incredible. My boss always says he wishes all factories had glass windows. I mean, you – or windows. windows. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, Different types of gl- windows. I, I grew know. up
1: in uh, Thailand or something.
3: Um, <laughs> um, because, because you can actually see. You can smell. It's such a uh, – I mean, all your senses are triggered. If we're sure. I mean, people say if we're roasting chocolate from outside, there's like a two-block radius around the building where you can smell brownies. So that's the smell outside the building just, you know – Imagine what it's like when you're inside, about you know six feet away from the roaster itself. It the smell is incredible. We've now you know expanded this factory experience where you can now taste something that comes out of almost every single machine. So you're trying cocoa mm. nibs, freshly roasted beans. You're trying cocoa liquor, which isn't liqueur, it's uh, the nibs once they've been pulverized into that liquid, you're trying the sugar that we add, you're trying the chocolate itself, something, you basically get an entire sensory experience.
1: Yeah, it's really, uh, it's the um, unveiling of the mystery of chocolate, and and actually get to taste it along the way uh, in a great environment, something that's local, and also you get a chance to taste a bunch of chocolates. Now, do you do specific pairings afterwards? Because I know we had cheese and chocolate, which I thought was really phenomenal. It's something I never really really dug into, but you you provided a great...
3: Palette, uh, uh, a palette of flavors. Thank you. Yeah, we gave you. Yeah, we gave you the hook. We combined. So we actually we have the factory experience seven days a week online theochocolate.com. Uh, and then we also do classes. And the classes range. We do cheese and chocolate pairings, tea and chocolate pairings, coffee and chocolate pairings. Um, and each one of those. Uh, The coffee one is in the morning when we started doing that class. We did it in the (laughs) evening. Quickly discovered that wasn't the best route to go. So you do that in the morning. But um, from pairings to fun yoga classes, trying yoga and chocolate. I love it. Yeah, it's selling out. People love it. Theo's Chocolate in Fremont. (laughs) I got Aaron
1: Lindstrom, the Chocolate Ambassador. We're going to come back and taste some chocolates and chat more about uh, the little Willy Wonka down in Fremont. Stick around, folks. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio.
0: Two regular guys separated by 20 years and a full head of hair. Mark Lee and Van Camp, weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI, want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: All right, Seattle, hey, welcome back. Hope you have a great Saturday night. How about this sunshine? Just be sure that uh, your chocolate is chilled. I've got Aaron Lindstrom, the chocolate ambassador from our hometown hero, Theo. Down on Fremont, uh, right by the water, the old Red Hook Brewery. And we're talking about the cool uh, tours, the factory tours. And then we've got some classes with cheeses and coffees and even yoga. But coming up next weekend is uh, really something special that the world has been waiting for. Aaron, tell us <laughs> what the world really needs to celebrate. S'mores. I mean, <laughs> s'mores.
3: yeah. How could you not celebrate s'mores? It's summer in Seattle. Um, and so, you know, nowadays, every single day is international something day, Coffee cup right. day, whatever. The one that we really lean into is International S'mores Day. Uh-huh. It's been a tradition of ours. So we go outside our factory, we set up barbecues, our confection kitchen makes uh, handmade marshmallow, handmade graham cracker, and then we make s'mores to order. Handmade graham cracker. Yeah. Now that's care. Oh, God, yeah. That's one of my favorite. When they're cooking that up in the kitchen, it smells so
1: good. I don't know what the... what. What is the graham and graham cracker? The gray ham. I
3: never understood that. I don't know.
1: But <laughs> na- International <laughs> S'mores Day is coming up
3: it's next yep, weekend it is next weekend we're doing it Friday, Saturday, Sunday and it makes sense that it's three days because you got
1: marshmallow, chocolate there and graham crackers so.
3: so come each day and just yeah it's great we're doing them out, it's outside it's just a fun summer event Um the best thing my favorite thing to make us more out of is a Theo peanut butter cup use that oh. as the chocolate inside we also some it's kind of one of our popular Seattle things we have the Big Daddy uh, which uh-huh, is our small you know. version Yeah, mm-hmm. that thing right there uh, oh, which is our you know take home version of a s'more graham cracker, marshmallow, caramel and chocolate yeah you got caramel in there which is mm-hmm. uh, mm. gives it a little unique spin uh, but use that as the chocolate in your s'more make like a meta s'more possibilities wow. are endless it's saying a virtual s'more, this is seriously
1: <laughs> yummy, yeah. boy that's gonna have a. I'm gonna have a big crash later on that. Um, but really tasty. I love the crunch on the graham cracker. I love the caramel, which gives you sort of a smoky note because mm-hmm. it's toffee toasted. Mm-hmm. Marshmallows is, is soft, and the chocolate is is dark, but it also has hints of milk in there. I mean, it's yeah, dark chocolate, a little milk chocolate drizzle on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so okay, Called it. Look at me, I'm a small. Yeah, I can <laughs> blind taste chocolate. <laughs> or s'mores anyway. So uh, next weekend is uh, International S'mores Day, and you've got a chance to bring the family down, the kids. Is this a, is this a family-friendly oh, yeah. event? Yeah. And you can make your own s'mores. You can buy super cool s'mores. You call the big units, right? <laughs> big Daddy. Big Daddy. That's <laughs> a Randy Johnson. Um, and then, of course, uh, the, all the variety of, of uh, different bars and the confections, you know, plus the turtles. Mm-hmm. We need to have a big thing about, like, you know, there's those those rubber ducks that people... Put yeah. down, you need to have turtles, rubber turtles that have a little race <laughs> down because you're down on, the, the on the canal there. canal, yeah. Yeah, we got super we, fun. Got,
3: we have dinosaurs. There's the big Freem- uh, Fremont topiary yeah, dinosaur Yeah, but dinosaurs got
1: to be huge. I mean, turtles there, really little turtles like that, but who wants <laughs> to see a little dinosaur now? I'm not sure. Uh, let, let's talk about how to find out about these tours and classes. What's their yeah. website? And Theochocolate.com. T-H-E-O, chocolate.com. Yeah. That's Sing- pretty Theo. easy. And uh, you've been with the company how long?
3: Uh, it's now August, so five years.
1: Five years, congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. Uh, super
3: cool. And
1: what would you say? Did you were you in the confection business prior to
3: that? Um, prior to Theo, I actually worked for another chocolate company when I used to live in Oakland, California. Oh yeah. So I was there for three years. Prior to that, I was a manager of a candy store for two years. So oh boy, hitting a decade in the sweets. Uh huh. You got a good dental plan, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Brush twice a day. A oh, t- floss <laughs> makes sense. Very
1: good. <laughs> good for you. Um, so TheoChocolate.com, dot com. You got the tours, which happen daily. Is it one time, or they
3: got different tours oh, all on the hour the day. Really. And the tour itself, it focuses on a lot of our sustainability, um, being certified fair trade, organic. So we have special tours that are just for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a story time. So if you know, you two or three year old wants to come eat some chocolate, learn where cocoa comes from, we have special. Uh, So we can leave the kids with you for an hour and go grab a drink at the red door? (laughs) (laughs) That is an option. (laughs) Okay.
1: I like it. Or maybe dad has to hang out and stick around. Uh, But it's super fun. Uh, What a treat. Now, is is there an annual sale day? I thought I remember hearing
3: something about you guys have like a factory seconds or broken bar day or something. yeah. So you know, every once in a while something comes off the line, has a little air bubble, a little scratch, a little dent. Um, Scratching ten, and, and I like it, it still tastes amazing, uh-huh. so we started doing broken bar day we did uh basically we just sell at a huge discount our what we call scrap uh, broken up chocolate in bags, and we did a little Facebook promo for it the first time we did it, it was like a month ago or so didn 't know how it would be received, and we get the store opens at ten by eight o'clock. The line went down the block and all the way down uh, the next block. It was just nuts within. Uh, we th- I think we had a five-pound minimum per person, and within forty-five minutes, we had to knock it down to two pounds per person, and then sold out like that. Five bad. pounds of chocolate is a big damn bag of chocolate, though. That's
1: a <laughs> lot. Uh, how long does a chocolate bar much. keep?
3: And how's the best way to keep a chocolate bar? In the refrigerator, mm, or love it. yeah. So f- uh, for us, a Theo bar, you got one one year shelf life, okay, uh, with no preservatives inside. Um, And then the tip is to keep it room temperature. Put your chocolate in the freezer, it's going to seize up. Put your chocolate in the sun, that's obviously a bad choice. So room temperature. If your room temperature is kind of hot, the fridge is the lesser of the evils. Okay. Wow. Uh, Aaron Lindstrom, Chocolate
1: Ambassador of Theos, congratulations on five years working there. Thank you. Uh, and no cavities per se. Uh, I, and a I great tour. That. <laughs> I was there. I took my mother. We had a fantastic time. It's very intimate, very personable, but also very delicious and enlightening. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So it's theochocolate.com. That's uh, it. Get your classes and, uh, of course, celebrate National S'mores Day. Do it. Come on down. All right, down. buddy. Yeah, we'll see you again next time. Hey, folks, hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, try some cider. I was just out at the farms and uh, so fun. Great sunshine, great refreshing. And when you're out and about, remember, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers!